Hello and welcome back to the gold standard on KCO2, as we have decided to call it, because mm, that's really fun. So that's what we're going to do. Um, very excited to have you back this week. Um, I kind of let that song play out for a little bit. Um, I have been jamming to that one recently it's on like this playlist on spotify that's like a halloween playlist um and i've been getting super excited for halloween so i have been listening to that a lot but i really can't dilly dally much this week because we have a lot of content to cover so first I need to introduce my very, very special guest for this week. It's Connor McGovern. Connor, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hey, thank you so much for having me. Um, so I am also a member of KCOU. I have a show on 88.1 FM every Friday from 8 to 10 called Connor's Musical Roller Coaster. I go by the name DJ Conductor Connor. Kara has been on the show twice, once as a guest and then once as a co-host where we talked everything yes. K-pop. It was very fun. Uh, and which which was very fun, and now we're switching gears. I'm on uh, KCOU two. I like that name, mm-hmm. and we're uh, and we're talking. Well, I'll let, well, I don't want to give it away, but uh, yeah. we're talking Olympics, the gold we, standard. We are. We're everything today will be action that happens on the ice. But to get us started, we have to talk about Skate America. Everybody who listens to the show knows that I love figure skating. It was my first episode, and I do a figure skating segment every week, and this week, I'm not going to bury the lead about Skate America. The big news from it is Nathan Chin didn't win. And, like, I feel like saying that, if you don't follow figure skating, you can't really understand how insane that is. But, like, Nathan Chin had won 14 straight competitions. He'd won... Um, like three straight worlds and he's won five straight U.S. championships. Like he, all he does is, win. <laughs> all he does is win. Um, and he took the bronze. I mean, I was using one of my friends streaming service to watch the men's short program. And as soon as I turned it on, Nathan Chen was skating. And the first thing I watched is I watch him mess up on one of his quads in his short program. And I was floored because he doesn't mess up. But then I looked and his last jump also had a negative grade of execution and he fell on his first quad. And oh, I was like, goodness. it was awful. Mm-hmm. And um, at the 2018 Olympics, he did something similar in the short program where he just like, he did not have a good short program at all. But then he came back and he landed, I think, like, six quads in his free. And he jumped from 17th place to 5th place, which was just, like, completely insane. But he was not able to, like, come back and have that amazing free program at Skate America. Instead, he comes out in his free program and he pops two of his quads into doubles, which just, I mean, it takes away so much from the scoring and I, I was just shocked. Like, it was insane to see him come out and just look, like, mortal. He looked very human. He looked like every other skater. And that's not what people have come to expect from Nathan Chen. That's not what I've come to expect from Nathan Chen. But 
the gold medal in the men's program went to Vincent Joe. And I'm I'm not very secretive about how I'm a Vincent Joe fan. I love him and he's had so much like struggle and he oh my gosh, at Worlds he didn't make the free program this past year and he was really just kind of like down and out and then he is doing the same short program he did last year and he brought back his free program from two seasons ago and he just looked fantastic I mean it was two very solid performances the most solid I'd seen him in so long I was just very pleased with that um But, yeah, it'll be interesting to see because Nathan Chen skates again this weekend at Skate Canada. And it'll be interesting to see what he does there because he has to win gold or, like, he'll have no chance at the Grand Prix final. An event that he's won, like, three times in a row or something like that. And he might not even make it now. It's crazy. Um, And the ladies' program... Brady Tunnell of the U.S., the reigning U.S. champ, dropped out of competition due to injury and was replaced by Star Andrews. It'll be interesting going forward um, to see what this means for her Olympic season, how this injury impacts her. Amber Glenn was the top woman from the U.S. Uh, She placed seventh. The top seven ladies in the competition scored over 200, and... Of course, unsurprisingly, two Russians took the top two spots with Alexandra Trusova coming out and just dominating, scoring a 232-37. And then Uzasheva scored 217-31 to take that second place spot. Looking over to pairs, the U.S. pair Alexis Gameka Kniram and Brandon Fraser took fourth. They scored 202 and change. Um, They were second in the free program and fifth in the short. So, um, I mean, they have the opportunity to come out and make podiums at some of these competitions. But looking at their score from this event and other events they've had this season, they're not going to be super competitive come Olympic time. But I would like to see them step it up a little bit to make the podium at some of these other competitions, like Grand Prix competitions. And then... The tight race for Americans in ice dance continues. Um, Hubble and Donahue did come away with the gold at Skate America. They beat Chalk and Bates by just over a point. Um, Hubble and Donahue scored 209.54. Chalk and Bates scored 208.23. And I'm still confused as to why the U.S. sent both of them to this competition because it's really only hurting Chalk and Bates who could win competitions against other people, other places, and get the U.S. more spots in the Grand Prix final. But I digress. This weekend is Skate Canada, so next week we'll be covering Skate Canada, and definitely we'll be talking about Nathan Chen and whatever the heck is going on with him, because I've never... Well, I guess the 2018 Olympics, but besides that, I've never seen him skate like that. And it was not my favorite. But that's Skate America. That's as fast as I can break it down for you. I'm trying to get to our topic for today. Connor, why don't you tell us what it is? 
Well, today uh, we're going to be talking about everything ice hockey for the uh, 2022 Winter Olympics. Uh, we're going to be talking about the men's tournament, but also the women's tournament and a couple of the players on there and some interesting uh, information uh, about the upcoming uh, Olympic Games. Yes, I'm very excited. Um, I knew that I had to get Connor on here for the hockey um, portion of the Um, I knew I had to get him on for the hockey portion of this because he played hockey, actually. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that? I did. So my parents are uh, my parents are from Windsor, Ontario, Canada, and then we moved to Houston, Texas. But they brought that uh, they brought the sport with them. My dad played for a long time, and my dad just brought it up. Uh, brought it to me is like he, it's skating is like it's like riding a bike. It's an essential skill. He wanted us to learn it, whether we played hockey or not. Uh, so I learned how to skate. Actually, funny enough, I remember taking skating classes when I was about five, and the instructor came to me and was like, uh, and, it was, and was saying, like, going up to my dad, like, he's a really good uh, skater. We don't have that many male figure skaters. Uh, and my dad, the, the next day, took me out of that class and put me into hockey classes because apparently he didn't want me, me to be a figure skater. But, yes, I went on to play hockey for about 10 years. Yes, so that is why Connor is joining us today. It's very exciting. Also, he is, what, like, your dual citizen with Canada? I am, I am a dual citizen, yeah. Uh, yeah, but I'm a dual citizen. I don't know if at some point in my life I'm going to have to choose, but for right now I have, uh, I have both passports. Oh, no, you have to pick. Where, where do your allegiances lie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want to know. Uh, probably for convenience sake I'm going to be an American, but... It's cool to claim sometimes that I'm Canadian. Yeah, I, I do think that's cool. I remember, like, when you told me that, and I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, but so to start off, I always start off with a little bit of history about a sport. Um, so the history of hockey, it originated in Canada mm -hmm. um, in the early 19th century, and was based on several similar sports played in Europe. Mm -hmm. um, around 1860, a puck was substituted for a ball, and in 1897, two McGill University students devised the first rules. And then, <laughs> there's a lot of history mm. in hockey. Um, in 1880, uh, the first recognized team, McGill University Hockey Club, was formed and it became the Canadian national sport and spread throughout the country. And then the sport migrated down to the United States in the 1890s. And games are known to have taken place in the U.S. between John Hopkins and Yale universities in 1895. Then it continued to spread more and... <laughs> um, Hockey was introduced to the Olympics at the 1920 Antwerp Summer Games. I actually did not know that. Everything up until that point, I was like, okay, I follow. I've, uh -huh. I've learned about the history, but the Summer Games? Yeah, that's what I was. I read what? that, and I was really confused, but I was also laughing because over the summer, during the Summer Olympics, I was looking at, like, all the different sports, and one of them was hockey, and so I went up to her friend Katie, and I was like, oh, my gosh what like why is hockey in the summer olympics and we figured out that it it was like field hockey mm, gotcha. um not ice hockey but it did originate in the summer games and then in 1924 it moved 
to the Winter Games. So, Olympic history, um, a six-a-side six men's ice hockey has been on the program since <laughs> our favorite Olympics here, Chamonix, which was the first one. Uh, women's hockey made its official debut in 1998, and Canada has dominate or Canada did dominate the first tournaments. Um, and then in 1956, until its disillusion, the Soviet Union took over and became the number one team. They lost in 1960 in Squaw Valley, and they also lost in 1980 in Lake Placid. Um, yeah, so we're going to actually go a little bit more into that 1980 Lake Placid loss, because that one, that one's movie worthy. Yes, you're very true. Miracle <laughs> it was a movie. <laughs> uh, depicts that, uh, depicts the, um, his dramatization of what actually, of what happened. But it is at the same at the same time very accurate. Uh, that event in Lake Placid, kind of we're in the midst of the uh, Cold War and Soviet Union uh, uh, starting to invade in Afghanistan. So that created a lot of tension. So all the so the the games were uh, the center focus. But we we were going into those games hosted in America. The Soviet Union were debating not even coming because of that of the uh, this. Diplomatic uh, arguments, arguments and stuff like that, but so all eyes were on uh, Team USA versus Team Soviet in a lot of in a lot of the different games. However, ice hockey kind of took center stage. Soviet Union for the longest time, like uh, like Kara was saying, was the top of the top. Uh, they had programs where these teams, by the time they reached the Olympics, had been playing each with, with each other for 30, 20 years. And Team USA, who ended up winning, it was a it's a miracle because. These, like I said, Soviet team had been together for like 30 years, but then Team USA, it's a group of college kids who had less than a year to get to know each other, learn a game plan, and eventually compete, and however they did win. So it is it is quite the miracle. It is a miracle story that they won, but there was just so much riding on that game, on that game where they were playing, uh, right, they were playing in, this, uh, in the semis, I believe, or in the quarterfinals, because Team USA beat Soviet Union, and then they went on to the gold medal game, and then beat uh, Sweden, I believe, uh, to win the gold medal. Uh, but all eyes were on that game against the Soviet Union. And uh, people, Al Michaels had a famous quote. He said, most people watching this game don't know the difference between a blue line and a closed line. It doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. You know, it's, it, so much was riding on that game, and it really brought eyes to the sport. Yeah, and it's a really good movie, I must say. Um, 100%. <laughs> our friend Jack, it's like his favorite movie, so I had to I had to throw it in here. But yeah, I mean, it's like crazy that the U.S. was able to come in and beat the Soviet Union then. I mean, the Soviet Union had won the previous four gold medals, um, and then like right before they played each other in the Olympics, they had an exhibition match, and the United States got crushed 10 to 3 in that match so i mean it's it really was it was a miracle and actually before uh before they, they actually even played that exhibition match so this is before uh, nhl players could play in the in the in the, in the olympic games uh, before Team USA, with all those college kids, played in, the, in an exhibition match, the Soviet Union faced a team of NHL All-Stars, like the best of the NHL versus the Soviet Union, and the Soviet Union destroyed them. And it, it was kind of, uh, the, we call it, 
in the school of hockey, there's kind of like there's the North American, there's a Canada game, a USA game, and then the European game, which is kind of more of what the NHL has taken on, is free flowing, creative. But at the time, Canada and USA were all up, or Canada was all about dumping the puck, using using their brutal force. Uh, to get turnover and stuff like that, but they just couldn't keep up with the Soviet Union, and the Soviet Union embarrassed NHL All-Stars, so how the hell would Team USA uh, beat them? But they eventually went on to do that. Yes, so there, there's a lot of movies about the Olympics. Um, a lot of them I didn't know, apparently, like whatever the bobsledding one was. Cool runnings. <laughs> Have you seen it? Yes, have you not? No. Oh, what? my god. What is it? The Jamaican bobsled team. Oh. So, yeah, I'm not going to go over the whole movie, but Jamaica, so Jamaica, obviously, on the equator, doesn't really get uh-huh. ice or have bobsledding, but they they had a um, a coach that li- now lived in Jamaica, and then they had some uh, sp- they had some athletes who were competing for summer games, but didn't make it discouraged, and they found bobsledding, and they there's this movie, like, and they detail, like, how they make the Jamaican bobsled team, and they go on to compete, and they're doing okay, and then, I mean, in the final race, they have a little upset. But however, they kind of, it's like a kind of heroic moment. They walk their bobsled all the way down to the finish line. And and just uh, everybody's so amazed that Jamaica would even uh, make the Winter Olympics for bobsledding or for any or for any event. And uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. You, you haven't seen it? Oh, my gosh. No, I need it's to watch so it now. Funny. It sounds good. It's so funny and so, like, oh, it's, it's amazing. You need to watch it. Cool runnings. <laughs> it sounds like... Um, Katie and I, we need to make a similar movie, but about the Nigerian curling team. Oh, wow. Because did you hear about that at all? I did not. So Nigeria was in the pre-qualification event for curling for the Olympics, and it was their men's team and their, like, mixed doubles team or whatever it is. And Katie and I were talking about it on the show, and we just got, like, so hyped for them because they don't have ice, like, that they yeah. practice on. So they just, like, it looked from the picture I saw like they were just practicing on concrete. So we were hoping that, like, they do well. Mm-hmm. They didn't. But I still feel like we can make an inspiring movie about it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's what, Katie, if you're listening, and I know you are, that's our next project. <laughs> we're making a movie. Contact Disney. They'll probably help you. Oh, I think they would, they would, they'd love it. (laughs) Um, The other one that was mentioned to me was Eddie the Eagle, Mm. which, so none of these teams, well, I guess Miracle is like the exception, but like the Jamaican team didn't do great. Mm. Eddie the Eagle got last in all his competitions. So it's like these very inspiring stories, but they don't succeed. (laughs) But they made it to the Olympics. Like, that's a big deal. Okay, yeah, but like I said... in the I time said, trials, they actually were beating teams like Team Canada. And like, oh, well, that's cool. But then the actual day of the event, there was a... The bobsled's all about the, the start. Uh-huh. And, they, and, they, and they, uh, they weren't able to lock the seats down. and So it was it was rough. But it's inspirational. Okay, we're watching it. We're watching it. <laughs> okay, deal. Yeah, no, I need right to now. now. <laughs> yeah, we're like, actually, now this is just a live reaction to... <laughs> what's it called? Cool Runnings? Yes. <laughs> okay, it's just a live reaction to Cool Runnings oh my now. Oh, that's amazing. Um, so, uh, very quickly, I am going to send us to a break. When we come back... Connor is going to fill us all in on the rules and scoring of hockey. Well, I know I know what the scoring is of hockey, and I feel like everybody does. But the rules, Connor is going to fill us in on that. 
So make sure you stay tuned to the gold standard on KCO2. Well, and I'm Phil, and we play in Someone Still Loves You, Boris Yelton. And you're listening to KCOU Columbia. 88.1. The Missouri Army National Guard can help you get the education you need to land the career you've always wanted. The Guard will pay up to 100% of your tuition for up to 39 credit hours per academic year at 90 colleges and tech schools across the state. You're eligible as soon as you enlist. Learn more about the many benefits that come with serving part-time in the Missouri Army National Guard. Visit NationalGuard.com today. Sponsored by the Missouri Army National Guard. Aired by the Missouri Broadcasters Association in this station. Hey, this is KCOU, 88.1 FM. Are you trying to release the hottest project of this year, possibly next? Come down to our studio in the Student Center, and we can mix, master, record, edit, engineer your whole project, your whole artistic experience wrapped into one visit. Please come down and visit us. If any of this interests you, please email sessions at kcou.fm. Look at me, busy as a bee. Where'd I get all this energy? Oh, man, man. I don't sleep and I don't eat, but I've got the cleanest house on the street. Oh, man, man. Get these hairs all out of my face. Get these bugs all out of my place. One more hit. No time to waste. Oh, man. Ooh, man. had to wait for that opening note to hit before I could turn Thriller down. Um, if you haven't picked up on my theme today, we're going a little bit Halloween with the music because I'm really getting into the Halloween spirit. It's, it's this week, so I'm excited. I love holidays. But anyways... Um, Yeah, so now I'm just going to kind of kick it to Connor, let him really take the reins here for some rules and scoring of hockey. Fill it, well, not the scoring, I guess, but fill us in on the rules. So uh, there there is a lot of rules and uh, stuff. I'll go over the main ones. So like uh, Kara said, there's a six to a side. So on one, um, at the ice at one time, there will be, for one team, there'll be six players, a goaltender, two defensemen, and three forwards, a center, and two wingers, left winger, right winger. Um, and so a total team will have about 21 to 22 people on a roster. And the thing about hockey is it's, a, it's in a tight space, but it's always fast moving because unless there's a stoppage of play, they do line changes and stuff on the fly, which is really cool. It keeps the game moving. 
it's because when a player's on the ice, they're on a shift, and those shifts usually last 45 seconds to a minute because you don't want to get tired and you want to keep the game fresh legs out. So they go off for 45 seconds. It's, so how we used to train was like, your shift is like a 45 second shift, like your 45 second sprint. So you're doing, you know, you're working hard and then you go off in your line, you do line changes and stuff like that. But yeah, you got a goalie, two defensemen and three forwards. Sometimes the goalie can get pulled at the last second again, extra offen- uh, offensive guy out there trying to score at the last second. Um, but big rules include offsides. So there's, there's a red line. So starting out all the way at, at the end of the ice rink, there's a red line, the goal line right on the goal. Then there's a blue line, and then a middle red line, another blue line, and then a, a goal a goal line at the other end. So the two blue lines, kind of similar to off, offsides in soccer. Uh, I mean, the rule and offsides is kind of is kind of similar. However, at hockey, when off, when a, when an offensive guy is carrying it into the offensive zone, the puck needs to be the first per- thing to cross before any of, offensive player can enter that zone. The puck needs to go first. So if they're carrying it on their stick in front of them. They have to, that puck has to cross first, and then the rest of the team can follow. So to avoid cherry-picking, stuff like that, that's the big one. Icing is a call uh, to avoid cherry-picking, or like say you're in the defensive zone, you're getting tired, you just want to like throw it down the ice so you can get a line change. You can't do that. So the middle red line, if you're in the defensive zone and you're defending and you get the puck, you before you can like dump the puck and try and get a line change or something like that, you have to cross that middle red line to avoid an icing because... If, say, if you're in the defensive zone, you just shoot it all the way down and it goes past the other goal line uh, without anybody touching it, uh, it's icing. The people can't line change and they have to go all the way back and the faceoff is in their defensive zone. So that's, you know, their point of a to dump it is to try and get a line change or something like that. But if you ice it, you can't line change and the play comes all the way back to your defensive end. So, uh, yeah, icing you want to avoid. Uh, you have to, to avoid an icing, you have to shoot the puck into the to your offensive zone uh after beyond the uh red line the middle red line penalties um usually pen- minor penalties re- will result in two minutes in the penalty box <laughs> so i trip a guy the penalty box <laughs> <laughs> which is the title of another kcou show yeah. i like to call it the sin bin because uh, <laughs> i spent a lot of time in there as a, <laughs> as a player um say if i trip a guy to, i'm two i set two minutes in the box in the penalty box and so my team will play instead of five instead of pot five players on the ice, five uh, people excluding goaltender, it'll be four players on the ice. So the other team will be on a power play, and my team, who is, while I'm serving the penalty, will be on the penalty kill. And for two minutes, it'll be a five-on-four. So that's kind of the big thing. Major penalties include, like, five minutes, and then there's game misconducts and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. But the minor penalties are the worst, most common. I commit a penalty, I sit two minutes in the box, and my team plays down a player for two minutes until the Time until my two minutes are served, and then I can go return to play. So the, those are kind of the big rules. Uh, obviously, you can't just shoot into the crowd; that's delay of game. Uh, and then you can't have too many men in the ice. Sometimes there's confusion during line changes. But for but if you have six people, if you have six forwards, if you have six players on the ice, excluding the goalie, that's too many, and you delay of game, two minutes in the box. But those are kind of the big rules. Um. Can you have more than one player in the penalty box? Yes. Yeah, so uh, that if that happens, your team is your team is going to be screwed for a little bit. But um, you, that does happen quite often, actually. Uh, say I'm, we're on, I'm on a penalty. It's a five on four. The team gets another penalty. Sits in the box. It's a five on three now. Oh. Yeah. So and then and then it'll just but each player will be serving their respective two minutes. But for that time, it'll be a five on three, 
and then so on and so forth. Multiple, there's been line brawls that have happened, and five people, each, everybody on the ice gets a penalty, so they all five people are sitting in the box. <laughs> so that has happened uh, before. So it's just like goalie on goalie. No, so they'll um, they'll kind of do uh, they'll do like a four on four, but the, they just like those the a whole line essentially is in the box and they can't they can't play so they'll be playing like they won't be playing like goalie on goalie but mm. just those those people from the roster will be out for two minutes so the rest of the team's gonna get tired or like if your top lines in the box and they have their top lines on the ice like it'll be mm. it's kind of so, but yeah so I guess there is an unlimited number uh, to the penalty box however you know you usually don't see more than just like you don't see more than two people in the box usually it's more most common okay. it's like a five on three or like a four on three or something like that okay um and then. What is a, a line change? So a line change hockey, uh, so hockey, like I said, is kind of like, it's a game you're constantly moving on the fly. And a line change, so you've, you're, I've been out on the ice for a while. I'm carrying the puck. I get past the red line to avoid the icing. I shoot in the offensive zone, and I go to my line change. So usually there's five people to a line, excluding the goaltender, two defensemen, three forwards, five people to a line. And then we want to, you don't want to be out there for more than 45 to a minute because you get tired. You know, you you go to the offensive zone and you, and you switch lines. You go to the bench and your next line comes out and that's kind of like a line change. Oh, I didn't, I, I've not watched hockey that much. I watched it like one time at your apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't even realize watching it then like how much people switched in and out of the game. Yeah. Like I thought people played for longer. Yeah, it's, it's similar to soccer substitutions. However, obviously substitution soccer don't happen that often. Um, hockey, but it's kind of the same concept except hockey. The play doesn't stop as often. There's not a lot of stoppages of plays, and people just change on the fly. All right, that is that's very interesting to me. Um, are there any other rules or scoring that you wanted to share with the people, or is that pretty much like the big stuff? That's pretty much the big stuff. I guess other rule, other penalties could be like slashing or hit. You, you, you boarding is when you hit somebody like illegally from behind. Uh, and which you know you, we try to avoid uh, hurting people, but uh, checking is a big rule in hockey. Checking is um, if somebody's carrying the puck, the defender can go and hit them or hit them off the puck. Mm. So you you see big hit like you, you see big hit compilations or something like that. It's checking. It's you're, you're trying to remove the other player from the play. You can only check him though when he has the puck. Mm. There's but there's times when you, like people are fighting for position, but like for an open ice hit, somebody has to be the you, you offender has to be carrying the puck and the defender can remove him from the play by hitting him off hitting hitting him off the puck. Okay, and what is slashing? Slashing so you know we we're running we're skating around with these like carbon fiber sticks and if you if you're trying to play the puck but you like if you like two hand somebody in their shins or something like that. Like if you're if you're going for the puck and miss uh, or if you if you raise your stick and it hits somebody's face that's slashing or high sticking and you know you get you have to be stick your stick is a weapon so are your skates so you have to you know, use them to play the puck and uh, to avoid injuring other people. I did think slashing was going to have to do with the skates. <laughs> I thought it was going to be like taking a skate to somebody. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think. Uh, skate, slew footing is like when you trip somebody, um, but slashing has usually has to do with your stick. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you use your skate to hurt anybody, you're suspended. You're going to be suspended because oh. it'll cut people and... Yeah, that usually does. That, slashing is more common. That's like a minor penalty. But if you try to kick somebody with your skate, you will not be playing in the NHL for a long time. <laughs> yeah, that seems pretty bad. There's been a couple instances of like, or at least one that I can definitely remember of a figure skater like 
using their skate mm. um, as a weapon, unintentionally or intentionally, we don't know. Mm. So, Mm-mm-mm. but not definitely not good because it is very dangerous. Absolutely. But moving on to a little bit of recap of the 2018 Olympics in Pyeongchang. Connor, did you watch hockey during those Olympics? So I'll be honest, I actually didn't follow it that much, and a big part of it had to do that some of my favorite, like the NHL players could play. I like watching the NHL. I've got my favorite players who, like Sidney Crosby, Alexander Ovechkin, they play for their respective uh, nation teams, national teams. However, the, the NHL players did not play in the 2018 uh, Olympics, so I didn't really watch that much. It was interesting, the fact that uh, Team USA or Team Canada weren't in the gold medal game, and it's, it's really cool because Russia has been on the edge of winning the gold for many years. However, w- without the NHL players and then the extra competition from Team USA or Team Canada, uh, Russia was able to clinch the gold. So that was pretty cool. But I unfortunately did not keep up with it just because the NHL players weren't in it. Yeah, I didn't realize that the NHL players couldn't play. Um, I did look it up. And according to the New York Times, the league said it was reluctant to disrupt its season and was concerned about injuries, which... I mean, that that makes sense. Um, it reminds me a little bit, I don't know how similar this is, but our friend Jack is really into soccer. And um, something about, like, the World Cup that's coming up, it has to be played in the winter because it's in Qatar. Mm-hmm. And so it's, like, going to mess up the season. And so, like, that's something I know he said, like, people aren't very happy about because obviously, like, it disrupts the season. People can get injured, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's a major competition. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of what this reminded me of. And I can I can see where it's coming from. But also, I think they can do, like, what baseball did, where it was just like, well, I guess baseball just sent, like, minor league players for the most part. But some some players play, well, from, like, the Central American countries mm-hmm. went and played for their nation, like, big-name players. So um, I know this year not to spoil it for the next part, but NHL players can play Mm -hmm. um, because they're just, like, taking an extended all-star break or something like that. How do you think that's going to, like, change the outcome of the Olympics this time around? So it's always been a debate. I think it's a debate in many different games uh, or many other sports uh, whether professionals should be allowed to play in the Olympics or or whether it should just be the best of truly amateur uh, 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 athletes. So... 2000, so 2018 was interesting because NHL players couldn't play. Um, however, some of these other, similar to like you were saying in soccer, some of these other European uh, nations and have their own kind of professional leagues. Like, for instance, Russia, they ended, or, uh, they ended up winning, but they also have, they, they allowed their players from the KHL, which is the professional league there and the Super League there, to play, which had a big part in them probably winning in 2018. Um, but that's always been a debate whether it should be truly amateur or if they should allow, you know, really uh, truly allow the best of the world to play. Uh, but like you said, in July, and last summer, the National Hockey League as- as- uh, Players Association and the NHL agreed to the collective bargaining agreement, which reopened the conversation for NHL players to play again. And then September of this year, the agreement was allowed to let NHL players compete. And they also, like you said, extended this like all-star break, like the Olympic break. And I, I definitely, uh, it'll have a, a big impact on the uh, the result of the games. NHL players are back. They're going to be playing for their respective countries. Uh, the majority of the NHL is from USA players and 
Canada players because that's where it's played, which makes sense. There are a lot of European players, though. We can get more into the roster, uh, especially the men's roster for the NHL players uh, a little later. However, it, it will definitely make an impact, and uh, I see Team USA and Team Canada along with uh, Team Russia in, the, in those medal games. Yeah, so just to give like a quick who won what, um, for the men's competition in 2018, Russia did win that gold, Germany got silver, Canada won the bronze, and then on the women's side, the U.S. won gold. Exciting. Um, they went into a shootout with Canada, who took the silver, and then Finland won the bronze. But we, we got to turn to 2022 because we're running short on time and there's a lot to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, we can start off with the women's tournament, though, because less is set in that tournament right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but what is likely to happen here is we'll, we'll probably see another U.S.-Canada gold medal match. Um, if you're a betting person, put your money on that because you'll probably, you'll probably win your bet. Um, since women's hockey was introduced in 1998, all but one final has been contested between Canada and the United States. The exception to that was in Torino in 2006 when Canada took on Sweden and Canada did end up winning that game. Connor, what do you know about this women's tournament? So the women's tournament, uh, tournament for the first time is going to include 10 nations competing. It's usually eight, uh, but this year they'll have 10, which is pretty exciting. Tops, the top six nations of the 2020 uh, International Ice Hockey Federation Women's World Ranking and the host China are uh, automatically qualified. Uh, actually happening right now, there's three qualifiers yet to be determined, and those qualifying tournaments are happening right now, uh, and they're battling for the last three spots. It started last Saturday. They're playing right now, and will be playing throughout you know the re- a month a month to continue those last to determine those last three spots. And there's 21 teams competing for these last three spots, which is pretty exciting. Group A right now that is set for the Olympics is USA, Canada, Finland, uh, Russia, and Switzerland. And then Group B will be Japan and China. And then those last three qualifying positions. Uh, Puck drop for the women's tournament begins on February 4th, 2022. Team USA is the defending gold medalists. Uh, Alex Calavini is is an outstanding goaltender for Team USA. Uh, And the game to watch will obviously be USA versus Canada in the preliminary round on February 7th. Um, but like Kara was saying, I'm sure history will repeat itself and Team USA and Team Canada will be forced to be reckoned with and they will be in the gold medal games once again. Yeah, I wasn't aware that it was like tradition almost for the U.S. to play Canada in the women's tournament in the Olympics. But I mean, it's crazy that since it was introduced, like only one has not been between them. So, yeah. I mean, I on this show we're biased towards the U.S. You might be also biased towards Canada. That's fine. But I've pretty well stated the U.S. bias on this show. Mm-hmm. Um, so here on the Gold Standard, we'll, we'd love a rematch. We'll take that victory again. <laughs> <laughs> U.S. over Canada. That's my prediction. <laughs> I'll take Canada. I don't know. They've got, uh, uh, they've got some of their uh, repeating uh, team members from 2018. Yes, they didn't win, but... I'll just take Canada just because I'll stick with the family. (laughs) Ugh, that's okay. I guess to be different, that's fine. Contrarian. Yeah. Um, But then a lot more is already set in the men's tournament because I think, yeah, all the teams that 
can qualify, have qualified, have qualified. Um, Canada looking to re- reclaim that men's gold. Mm-hmm. Um, I just blanked for a second on where the Olympics were going to be in Beijing. Um, they took bronze in Pyeongchang, which was kind of surprising. They'd won gold in 2002 in Salt Lake, um, 2010 in Vancouver on home ice, mm-hmm. and um, in 2014 in Sochi. So to our Canadian, what what do you think Canada's going to do in these Olympics? So earlier, uh, not too long ago, the, I, the IIHF required that all teams release at least their first three players that are going to be in the roster. Final rosters aren't going to be uh, announced until January, right before the Games. However, most of the, all the teams except for Team China have announced their top three players that are going to be competing. Team Canada, I mean, I bet anybody could, anybody who follows ice hockey could have, and the NHL could have guessed who's going to be on Team Canada. Connor McDavid for the Edmonton Oilers, Sidney Crosby for the Pittsburgh Penguins, and Alex Petrangelo from the Las Vegas Golden Knights. They're the top three, player, three players for Team Canada. They'll probably end up being the three captains. I'm sure Sidney Crosby will take the captain, and Connor McDavid and Alex Petrangelo will take assistant captains. But uh, Team Canada, I mean, pillar, pillars of the NHL right now, and uh, I expect nothing of greatness. Nothing but greatness. <laughs> and I know, um, so in hockey, along with, I think, if not every other sport, most other sports, China automatically qualifies because they are the host country. But you said there's there's a little bit of drama happening with that right now. You want to tell us about that? Yeah, so the men's tournament consists of 12 countries. Uh, three, three groups of four will compete in three games to determine seeding. They'll play each other. Each team in the group will play each other. And the, the winner of each group will have a bye into the second round. Remaining eight teams play an elimination qualification game to advance to the quarterfinal round. Quarterfinal winner advance to the semifinals with winners playing for gold medal and losers playing for bronze. Um, so, yes, China, being the host uh, for the Olympics, has automatically uh, qualified into the Olympic Games. However, China's Olympic team for ice hockey is not that good. And the new II. HF president Luke Tardif has noticed that and there's been some controversy as to whether or not he will pull Team China who is ranked number 32nd in the world from the Olympic Games they're ranked number 32nd not they're debating whether they're even good enough to play against these NHL players who are returning to the Olympics um, Team China has some veterans Brandon Yip played in the NHL for a while uh, and Zach Quinn played for the NHL for a while both had success in the NHL However, one of the big things is that China does not allow dual citizenship to compete on their national teams, uh, which a lot of other teams utilize. Like, there's been players who play in the U.S. However, like me, they have dual citizenship in Canada, so they'll play in Canada. Um, But China doesn't allow that, so that decreases their amount of people that can play on their roster. They've they've been embarrassed uh, by other competing teams in some of these uh, preliminary uh, and some of these uh, exhibition games. Um, And they're ranked number 32nd in the world. So new president uh, Luke Tardif might is there's more than 150 NHL players going to the Olympics this year. He's debating whether to allow China to play and they're going to make a decision by the end of the month, uh, says the president. However, uh, it looks like Team Norway might replace China in the Olympics. Still all up in the air. However, it is very interesting that Team China, the host country, host nation might not be able to play. But either way, I think if they did play, I kind of agree with uh, the new IA. IIHF president that they will get embarrassed simply because they cannot compete with the NHL players coming back to the Olympics. 
Yeah, and honestly, it's kind of weird because I feel like if you're China, I mean, yeah, you you want to be able to play and I guess whatever you can, but I don't think it'd be like a fun time for your hockey team to come out and just get destroyed every time they step on the ice because they're not up to the level of everybody else and like especially because it's on home ice Mm -hmm. like it's one thing well they wouldn't even qualify if it was anywhere else but if it was anywhere else and it was just like they went there and it wasn't a bunch of their own like citizens watching them Mm -hmm. but to go out on your home ice and just get crushed that I feel like that's just kind of almost it's mean to the players almost more than anything because like they're just send them out to slaughter for for nothing really i mean there's no point to that and they are and and team china is in group a with and they will play if they stay in the uh tournament they will play canada and the united states in the preliminary rounds they also play germany however team canada and team usa when if they play china uh it'll be a blowout and i don't think uh i mean it just it'll be kind of it'd be an international embarrassment i feel like and i'm I want other these other teams to play like Team China. I'm sure these players have been practicing hard. However, they just don't have the uh, skill and talent to compete with the NHL players returning back to the Olympics this year. So do you know how Norway is like the next team in line? Is it because of the qualification tournaments or...? It's because of their, um, their international, ice hockey international uh, world standing. And uh, I believe... Um, Norway was ranked like there's the 12 teams. I believe they're ranked like 13th or 14th. Like they're right, they're right. They just missed the mark. And China is ranked number 32nd. However, they're the they're the host nation, so they automatically get in. However, um, if they do get pulled, I think Norway who is next in line to replace them. Well, I think personally, if I'm putting my opinion in on this, I think they should pull China and put Norway in. Not just because my ancestors are from Norway, even though (laughs) I do root for Norway because of that reason. Um, But I think genuinely, just to make it more interesting, make it a better competition, put a team in that, like, has a fighting chance. Because it doesn't matter if it's home ice. China doesn't need to go out there and literally just get crushed. I also think the dual citizenship thing is really interesting. Mm -hmm. Are there any, like... Um, NHL players who are like dual citizens that are like on the brink, like that anybody's fighting over. Do you know? Uh, I do not know uh, for sure. As, uh, I should know that actually, but um, I'm not. I don't. I'm not aware of that many uh, Chinese players that are playing in the NHL right now. Like I said earlier, Brandon Yip uh, had a really good career in the NHL. He's since retired. I'm not. Sh- I'm. I'm pretty sure he doesn't even play in the European leagues. However, he he will play. He is playing for Team China right now, and he's probably the best player they have. Um, but the fact, yeah, the fact that they don't allow dual citizenship as qualification to play for their national team is pretty interesting, considering so many other countries do that. Um, and I feel like they should just to garner as much talent and skill they can before, if they do stay in the Olympic Games, they're going to need to play some of these top tier teams. Yeah, I feel like almost though for these um, Chinese teams are. Yes. So their citizenship is purely Chinese, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So I feel like the reason that they're not letting people get dual citizenship is because their best players would go to other countries and they're already not good. 
perhaps that is true um i mean actually that's a that's a very good point you know if 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 some of its player who has who uh who has uh chinese uh citizenship uh but is playing say in the nhl and he 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 gets an american citizenship he might you know with hopes of getting a medal uh, might try and play for uh team usa so that is a good point um i'm not sure I mean, we just yeah, it's it. They don't allow dual citizenship, so it's kind of a big what if. Um, but it is a good point. They're trying to keep all their players home. Um, however, I still don't think that even even purely Chinese uh, players or even players in the NHL with Chinese citizenship, because there's not that many. I don't think even if they garnered all their talent from the world uh, from from what they have, I, I just team USA, team Canada, team Germany, Finland, Sweden. They're just all too stacked um, with talent and skill uh, for. Ch- China to keep up with. I always think the talks around citizenship and the Olympics is like are so interesting because even though I said what I just said about like people from China trying to get citizenship to compete with a better team, a lot of times what you find is actually people from the United States trying to get citizenship mm-hmm. elsewhere to just like make a team and mm-hmm. not like just in hockey, but um, I know at least like in figure skating. The last Olympics, there were, I mean, five or six people I could remember that were competing for other countries that it would be like their partners from somewhere in like the country. And then they're from like Ann Arbor, Michigan, or like just somewhere in the United States. And it's just so interesting that like people will just go out and try to get citizenship to another country Mm -hmm. for the sole purpose of just making it to the Olympics. And a lot of times the people that have to do that no offense to them, aren't as competitive because they do have to leave. They couldn't be competitive within the country. So then even when they make it to the Olympics, they're not as competitive. Mm-hmm. But they can still say that they were Olympian at that point. Mm-hmm. So that's just interesting to me. <laughs> no, it's very true. And it's, uh, you know, like you're saying, it applies to many other games. Um. So I can't, did you say what teams qualified for the men's tournament? Because I don't want to run through them again if you did. Uh, I didn't. I didn't specify which uh, teams were in each group. Okay. Um, but I guess we could run through them real quick. Uh, team Group A will be uh, Canada, U.S., Germany, and China. Group B will be Russia, Czech Republic, Switzerland, Denmark, and Group C will be Finland, Sweden, Slovakia, and Latvia. Okay. So if China gets knocked out or replaced, Norway will be in Group A. Yes. With okay, interesting. So I. I just, once again, I know you already said it. How are the team, like, how does the qualification go, like, once they're in the Olympics? It was the winner from each pool gets a bye, and then, what was it? (laughs) Yeah, sorry, I kind of spit through that real quick. But so, like I said, I just listed off those 12 countries that are competing. There's three groups of four, and they compete in three games to determine the seeding. Each team in their respective group will play each team in their respective group, and uh, there's four rounds of elimination games each group winner will receive a bye into the second round the remaining eight teams will play an elimination qualification game to advance to a quarterfinal round uh the quarterfinal winner uh advances to the semifinals with the other winners playing for gold medal and the the winners will play for the gold medal of the semis and the losers will play for the bronze okay and do you are you aware of how the groups were selected? I, be, I believe they were 
uh, selected via uh, based on the International Ice Hockey Federation uh, ranking and standing. So I believe Group A. Uh, I, I I actually I'm not sure exactly how their seeding played into it. However, I know that their International Ice Hockey Federation standing is what determined the groups and how they're divided up. Um, I believe Canada, United States, and Germany were like top three. And so they're playing in Group A. China is in Group A just because they're the host city. And then so on and so forth. They kind of just go down the uh, – the. that's how they've done in the past. I'm not sure that if that's how they're doing it now with China just automatically getting in because they're the host city. Um, but in the past, it's usually they just go down the rankings and make the groups based on the, the first 12. That's also kind of interesting to me just because, like, if it's going to be the winner from each group gets, like, a buy and – I guess, like, automatically makes it a little bit further. I feel like they should have put, like, the top three, like, in different groups because then it's, I don't know, it's more fair. Like, if you have the top three teams kind of knocking each other out already, Mm -hmm. then when it comes down to time, like, it seems like it'll give teams that aren't as good that would lose to Canada or the United States or whoever, gives them more of an advantage. So those top four, so the winners of their groups will move on. So, and, but once those, once they have that bye, the remaining eight teams will still have a chance to compete uh, to make it to that quarterfinal round. So they, they play an elimination game, and then those, and those teams that they win will move on to the quarterfinal and the semifinal and then the medal game and so on and so forth. So even though if they don't win their group, they still have a chance of, beating that, of winning the, that elimination game and then continuing on with the tournament. That's usually what happens because Canada and the U.S. are usually always in the same group together. Um, so you, you probably in a group A, it's either Canada or U.S. is going to win that group. And say Canada wins the group and they move, they get that by. Team USA still has a chance to, uh, to win the elimination game and still make it to the, all the way to the medal game. Okay. So really quickly to wrap it up, Scroll back up to your groups because we're about to pick winners for each one. <laughs> pick your winner from each group, okay. and then um, who your guess is for the medals. Okay, so the winner from each group, I'm gonna go Group A. I'm gonna say Canada. Uh, like I said, if I mean the final roster I've determined, they've got Crosby, McDavid, Petrangelo, really, really good players. Uh, I believe USA, even if they don't win Group A, are still gonna win their elimination round and make it all the way to at least the bronze medal game. Uh, group B, I'm gonna say Team Russia. NHL players are returning, and they also have their KHL and Super and Super League uh, players coming. Alexander Ovechkin plays in the NHL. He's gonna be returning. Um, Evgeny Malkin is hurt right now in the NHL. However, he's supposed to be back in December. He play a couple games in the NHL and then go to the Olympics. Um, so he's gonna be back. Andre Vasilevsky plays for Team Russia. Great. He's a uh, Greatest goaltender in the NHL right now, greatest goaltender in the world. He's going to play for Team Russia. And Nikita Kudrov just won a Stanley Cup in the NHL. So Team Russia is going to be pretty stacked. Uh, I'd say for Group C, that's tough. I might go – I might go. it's either going to be Team Finland or Team Sweden. I'll take Finland. I like Alexander Barkov. He's a really good uh, forward for the Panthers. And then Sebastian Ajo, he's a Carolina Hurricanes forward. He's also really good. Uh, but Team Sweden's got Gabriel Landeskog. Victor Hedman, who's a beast of a defenseman, and Micah Sabanajan, who's a great forward for the Rangers. Uh, but I'm with, yeah. So for Group A, I got Canada. Group B, I got Russia. Group C, I'll take Finland. Okay, I'm gonna pick 
Canada for Group A. For Group B, I'm also going to pick Russia. For Group C, I'm going to pick Sweden. Um, and then for my my medals, I'm going to say United States gets bronze. Ooh. Um, Russia gets silver. Canada gets the gold again. I'll say... I'll say Canada gets gold. I'll say, I'll say Finland gets silver, and I'll say I'll say United States gets bronze. I like it a little mm. bit different. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we are we have run out of time. I knew today was going to be a jam packed episode. Lots lots of stuff going on in both hockey and figure skating. Had to try to pack it all in. Big, big thank you to my special guest, Connor. Thank you so much for having me. It's it's good not just to talk about music all the time. I, I know a little bit of I know a little bit of hockey, so I'm glad uh, you let, allowed me to come to the show and just uh, ram, uh, ramble on about it for a good hour. <laughs> yeah, I'm so glad you were able to come do this because you would have been laughing at me if you listened to me <laughs> try to do this hockey episode by myself. Oh, it would have been oh, it would have been embarrassing for me. Um, but and thank you to everyone who listened this week. I hope this was a fun episode for you. It was super fun for me. Hope it was fun for Connor too. Sure he had the time of his life. Always. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's gonna do it for us here. I've completely forgot what my episode next week is, so you're just gonna be surprised. But thank you for listening to the gold standard on KCO2, as we will be calling it from now on. I'm Jocelyn. And I'm Emily. And, and we, we are Pearl and the Beard. Beard. You're listening to KCOU Columbia 88.1 FM. Hey, what's up? Holla at your boy. XOXOXO. You getting these texts? Question mark. Where are you? What are you doing? OMG, you are making me mad. You better text me back. I'm waiting outside your house. Relentless, aggressive texting is like sending an angry robot to deliver your message. When does the...